Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Academy podcast, the podcast dedicated to simplifying the commercial real estate industry for the masses. Each week, we sit down with industry experts to dissect the many facets of commercial real estate and extract valuable lessons you can apply to your business. Whether you're a new or seasoned business owner or investor, the Commercial Real Estate Academy podcast will be your go-to resource for all your commercial real estate needs. Now, here are your hosts, Rafael Collazo and Jeff Walston. Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Academy podcast. I'm your host, Rafael Collazo, here with my co-host, Jeff Walston. How's it going, my friend? Going great. Uh, getting ready for the holidays to really kickstart. So, uh, um, yeah, just waiting for that to, to begin and preparing for it by diving in with business and stuff. What about you, Rafael? Yeah, same. You know, I, Melanie, my fiance, for those of you guys who are listening, uh, she went to Target, which is obviously a bad, uh, bad move, but <laughs> she ended up buying a bunch of throw pillows and a lot of things pertaining to Christmas. Uh, she, she's Puerto Rican. And in Puerto Rico, it's a very much a big deal, uh, Christmas is. And, and I'm actually half Puerto Rican as well. So I've definitely experienced that uh, firsthand. And it's, it's very much a festive environment here at my house. And I'm sure it is as your, at yours as well. I know you're fiance pretty well as well. And I'm sure she decked out the the halls, as they say. Oh, she definitely did. And I, I, it's funny that you were going on with Target. Yeah. You, you go to Target to get some toothpaste and you come out with a full basket of decorations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got to love Target for that. Um, yeah. It's going to it's gonna eat me out of house and home, but it's <laughs> yeah. all right. I, I, I enjoy all the festive nature of, of, of the yeah. season. And speaking of a festive nature, I mean, we really had a phenomenal conversation today. Uh, with a special person. Uh, her name is Stephanie Boldrini. Uh, she's the principal of Monte Carlo Real Estate Investments, along with uh, podcast host of a very popular commercial real estate podcast that you guys definitely should listen to. Uh, during our conversation, we dove into a variety of different topics. Uh, the first topic we focused on was her sales background. Uh, she, prior to jumping in full time into the commercial real estate investment space, uh, she was a sales professional at a variety of different roles, primarily in software sales. Uh, but each time she was at these different companies, she would have a significant amount of success within her role. So we talked about some of the, the lessons that she learned throughout those experiences and some of the strategies that she employed in order to become a top professional within that particular company. Uh, along with that, we talked about her taking the leap of faith and, and starting her own investment firm, uh, where she now focuses on uh, investing in self-storage opportunities across the country. And then we dove in a little bit into her investment thesis and, and understanding how she analyzes opportunities from a macro and micro level. And then finally, we talk about how her podcast, uh, the commercial real estate uh, investment podcast from, from A to Z, has really impacted her uh, career positively and, and how she hopes to utilize her brand building efforts on the platform and, and other different mediums that she's on now to start raising capital for larger uh, deals and to scale her business uh, in the commercial real estate investment space. So, really, was an impactful conversation. We we had a really good conversation. Jeff, do you want to add anything to that? Uh, no, you pretty much covered most of the bases and everything. She was definitely a delight to to learn her story and her journey and her growth. Uh, is what I want to say, both uh, with her business and her career and her mindset. Um, so, I know uh, you guys will get a lot out of this. Uh, episode. So I'm looking forward to you guys uh, commenting and rating us uh, <laughs> after you listen to this one. So definitely. Yeah. And and, and then I'll reiterate that we really have appreciated all your guys' support yeah. thus far regarding the podcast. 
Uh, we've gotten many, many five-star reviews as of late. And it, we have seen the improvement in our performance as far as the downloads are concerned. So please keep those five-star reviews coming if you do gain some value from this podcast episode. Uh, so without further ado, let's go ahead and dive right into the podcast. All right. Welcome, Stephanie. Great to see you this afternoon for us. And I yeah. believe it's still morning for you. So It is. Great to see you guys. Thank you so much for having me. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and, and for those of you guys who are listening, uh, actually, I, I listened to Stephanie's podcast several times uh, prior to reaching out to her. She did provide a lot of great content. And I thought, you know, it'd be great to kind of reach out and get, get a feel for you know, her, her backstory and, you know, how she's been able to scale her operations as a result. So welcome again. We really do appreciate your time. Of course. Thank you. For sure. So what we usually do when we first start off our podcast is we like to learn about a little bit more about the person that's across the table from us. So if you don't mind kind of sharing a little bit about yourself and, and give us a little bit about, about your story. Sure. Um, so I'm originally from Brazil and um, was born and raised in a small ranch in a small town and I was blessed enough to come here uh, when I was 18 and uh, have been here for a while. And I'm, I'm very thankful to be in this country and all the opportunities that it provides. I, my career was mainly in tech sales, um, just by a matter of, you know, landing in Silicon Valley and then um, decided to uh, jump into real estate after I was dating somebody who was a very successful real estate investor. And uh, it's been a, a great journey so far. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and you, so Brazil, I, that's one place I've always wanted to go visit. I've visited several uh, countries in South America. My, my dad's Puerto Rican, so uh, I've, been, I've been around uh, several times. And we have a good friend of ours who's married to a Brazilian as well. And, you know, she, she t- says great things about the country. So hopefully one day I can go back, go, go visit. I'd, I'd love to one day, so. Yeah, I actually tried to go, um, but I didn't fully uh, realize that you from America that you need your passport and the visa mm-hmm. to get to to Brazil at the time that I tried to go there. So I was uh, sh- shamefully denied <laughs> when I tried oh, no. to go. Yeah, I set all that up and there. That was like I got at the airport and they were like, oh, yeah, by the way, you need your visa. And I, I had someone else doing the booking and everything and I didn't had any part of it. I just showed up like I thought I was ready to go. So excited. Yeah. Got shut down. I had, was that, uh, that was, was that when you, when you were in uh, South America uh, working down there? Yeah. But I was coming from the States. So yeah. um, And I had several people that was going to meet me down there that could speak Portuguese and everything. And so I I was like, I was so excited, but uh, yeah. So everyone else went to the trip. I was stuck here. So yeah, that's fine. (laughs) I'm going to go though, because of the, uh, yeah, there's so many sites I want to see there. So, yeah, and it has been lifted. You don't need a visa anymore. Oh, really? Oh, there you go. So, if you guys are listening to this, moral of the story is to check check to see if you actually need a visa (laughs) to travel to a country. Yeah, anything (laughs) of that sort. (laughs) You're always learning in this podcast. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So, you said that your, your boyfriend, correct, that got you interested in, Commercial real estate, is that correct? Yeah. What exactly? At the time. Oh, at the time. Okay. What what exactly drew you to it? Was it the way like what he talked about, or was there a particular thing that you were like, I'm getting in this as well? Or yeah, I was um, dabbing into angel investing at the time, and um, you know, with like the the top um, incubator here, Y Combinator. So I was investing mm. in a couple of their startups, and it was 
you know, so clear very quickly that real estate is a much better form of investment, at least compared to angel investing, because um, there's a lot of risk as an angel investor. You're going to lose most of it. And, you know, when the VCs come in, they will take a huge chunk of it. You need to uh, give the same percentage in order to, um, to still own that percentage and many other things. Uh, so the risks are very high uh, in angel investing and real estate has so many other advantages, leverage yeah. and tax benefits and appreciation. And so I decided to start taking notes, you know, uh, out of everything that came out of his mouth. And uh, <laughs> it's a 30 page document right now. So, um, yeah, oh, it's, wow. it's, uh, it was yeah. a great journey. It awesome. sounds like you have a makings of a, a ebook coming up your 30 <laughs> pages i mean a few more and you got an ebook yeah yeah <laughs> awesome so, yeah and and then and the, the like you mentioned the angel investing piece i had a friend of mine in, in college who actually was a, a y combinator i think his company eventually ended up being fountain um it was, it was a company out there i think they do hr software but yeah it's it's okay. it is very much a um it is a very it's a unique business in that you invest in 20 companies and most of them conk out. And then there's one yeah. that ends up doing extremely well, but it is, it is much different than real estate, especially if you kind of have a formula with how you approach the investing process, you're, you're the, the likelihood of you losing all your invested capital is much less than in a scenario whereby you're in, you know, an angel investing setting. So uh, I can definitely see why that would be something that, would, that was, attra that attracts you as a result. So that, yeah, so, and even if that company made it, uh, you're still not going to make that much because you still need to be upfronting money. And so it's it's a lot easier to invest in the stock market, I think, or um, in the secondary market for startups where you're investing in a company that you know is proven and, and they have traction and customers and have been growing and have series C or D, but they're not public yet. So there are better ways to approach it. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, that makes complete yeah. sense. So prior to you getting into the commercial real estate space, I noticed that you had various different sales roles in the past and you performed extremely well in those environments. So one of the things I wanted to kind of touch on uh, of your experience was what type of strategies do you employ to become one of those top sales professionals? Because we have people, just to give you some context to our audience, I mean, we have plenty of people that are either brokers or you know lend, commercial lenders or any, really it's related to the commercial real estate industry. So some some of the things that we like to provide as far as insights to some of the some of the people who are listening to our podcast is some of the ways they can improve in their career and then also on the investing side as well. So if you could kind of touch on maybe some of the strategies that you employed during your sales career that made you such a successful career, uh, such a successful person in that in that in that setting. Yeah, that's a great question, uh, Rafael. Um, so <clears throat> it's not that hard, and it's something I tell my listeners every single time, uh, all the time: follow up, follow up, follow up. Uh, it's yeah. as simple as following up, checking in, even if they might not buy or sell a property today, they might later, uh, taking notes. And, you know, as we all know, God gave us two years and one mouth. So listen and ask questions more than you talk. Um, we all know that people feel like a conversation has gone a lot better when they do most of the talking and they enjoy conversation. Um, so yeah, it's just, um, uh, taking notes, following up and, um, and listening. 
That's great. Yeah, that's that's yeah. and and it's so simple. The insights that you provide are very simple because in reality, that's what it what it is. I mean, people want to feel like they've been heard, and it's not that you remain silent and then just think about what you're going to say next. It's about really exactly. taking exactly because that's that's I've been in many conversations where that's the case. It's like. I say something and then the response that they that they they give me is is indicates oh you didn't listen to a word something I just else. said. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're just yeah. waiting for your time to speak. And that that's obviously yeah. not a very uh beneficial approach when you're in a sales setting and and really in any setting uh outside of just sales but and I like the the fact that you say taking notes because you know we can't remember everything about all the interactions mm-hmm. that we have on a day-to-day basis and so having some form of like CRM or you know, just any, anything that works for you uh, to be able to rec- recall different information that's pertinent to the last conversation you had with someone can be of extreme value. And then the following up piece. I mean, that's that's number one, obviously. And and a lot of times like people take and this is something that I did, too, because I come up, I'm an engineer by trade. I, I was a oh. uh, industrial engineer and software engineer for about five years and then got into commercial real estate and I had no sales background whatsoever. And so there'd be times where I'd reach out to someone for the first time. We'd have a good conversation. They'd say they do something and then it doesn't happen. And I think, oh, they did it because they're, you know, not interested. We're in, in reality, we're all busy professionals. We're not, you know, they, they, they may have just forgotten. So there had definitely been times where I've caught myself and said, yeah. okay, you know, maybe I should just try again. You know, he seemed or he or she seemed very interested at the time. So if anything, I'm doing a disservice to the other person by not reaching out. Because maybe they did very much oh, want yeah. to get this done. And, you know, for some reason they decided that or they forgot completely. So uh, I think those are three key insights that are very valuable. Oh, for yeah, sure. Yeah, so many brokers don't reach out, don't follow up. It's insane. So many people that are trying to sell me software in the real estate world now, they don't follow up. It's <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, and, and yeah. even wor- even worse amongst brokers. Like I've, I can't tell you how many times I've called someone for more information because I have someone who's yeah. interested in something, and I for some I can't get a hold of them. I mean, I've tried email, calling. I mean, you know, carrier pigeon. Just kidding, but but I mean that's <laughs> yeah. that's that's how, how you feel. Like you almost have to do at some point because all the other methods just don't work. So, yeah. Uh, speaking of follow up, since I'm in the commercial GC realm. Um, I, that's how I get a lot of uh, actual contracts is just following up. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. some, sometimes people, they don't have the actual time. They're not trying to be rude. They literally just don't have the time to sit there and go over a project. And so, you know, they tell me, Hey, you know, let, call me next month and we'll discuss it. And sure enough, you know, just write it down and follow up next month. And uh, I mean, it does wonders to do the follow up. Um, and I like what you said, Stephanie, about, you know, two years, one mouth, you know, give, you know, do what God gave you. And that leads me into the faith and also leads me into what, you know, what made you decide to take the leap of faith um, and own your own investment firm? Uh, <clears throat> just I didn't like, you know, having working for somebody else, even though we all work more as entrepreneurs. <laughs> yeah. Um and, you know, in hindsight, uh, honestly, I would have probably just made sure that I have some properties and I have that same amount of income before taking the leap. Um, so that's one thing I would definitely have done differently. Or, you know, if I was starting this in my 20s, I would definitely uh, have started as a broker uh, in the commercial field. You get to know so many people, you see deals, you can, you know, buy properties at a discount because before they go to market. Uh, you can partner up, you know, with people that are looking for purchasing properties and put your commission in there. So 
those are the two things that I would I would have done differently. Okay, sure. Yeah, that, that's some, that's some great insights, and yeah. uh, that's that's kind of the lens that I used as, as I was looking to because because I I didn't have necessarily a background in real estate beforehand, but as I was looking to transition to something different real estate being what I was interested in, I, I started realizing what are some of the best ways to break into the industry. And brokerage is definitely yeah. a very, can be a, a very uh, good way to do that because of the relationships you build, because of the, the deal flow that you see, because of the analysis piece. I mean, you're, you're, you're looking at deals every single day. I mean, yeah. so you get a very good understanding of what's out there, how the market dynamics are at play. And then you get to learn who the players are, the different contacts you're going to need in order to get a transaction from start to finish. You know, you're essentially the quarterback of the deal. So you know how all those moving parts occur and that, that could be a great way to do it. There's also, you know, the, 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 the lending side and the, the legal side, yeah. but you know, I, I'm, I took a, a, a personality profile for um, professions and lawyer and judge were the lowest by far. So I, <laughs> I knew, I knew I was never going to be a lawyer. It's just not in my DNA, but you know, the brokerage side definitely spoke to me more and, you know, we I've been doing it for about two and a half years now and it's been a, been a good ride so far. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. It's the right way to do it for sure. For sure. So now, now that we understand a little bit about, you know, you, you kind of took that leap of faith. You're now operating the, the investment firm Monte Carlo. Uh, I kind of wanted to touch base on what is your investment thesis? Like what, what exactly are, how are you targeting particular, what, what, what properties are you targeting? Do you have particular metrics that you're trying to achieve and maybe Give us an idea of why you you decided this is the the route I want to take. Yes. Um, so as I was jumping into the real estate field, <clears throat> I came across self storage, and it made complete sense that self storage is a very good uh, asset class for good times and bad times. And um, decided to jump into you know uh, trying to find a good property that has some value add there, <clears throat> and. Um, so what I look for is numbers that make sense. Uh, so either it can be uh, adding value through, you know, increasing rents um, and decreasing costs or building more facilities. Uh, so if there is room for expansion, uh, those are the main things that I look for. Um, I try to target, you know, at least 15% cash on cash. Um, you know, and obviously it's a little bit hard right now to get that, but within a few years, you can always get there and, and then yeah. some plus, you know, the property value increase. <clears throat> so those are some of the things that I look for. Awesome. And then how do you, how do you determine which markets to invest in? Because, you know, I, I've, I've talked to different people who invest in self-storage uh, really across the country. And, you know, the, the, the demand for storage is going to be different depending on what market you look at. You know, they say the seven square feet per person is kind of yeah. the average, but, you know, that may not be the case in, in a sub-market within Louisville. I know Dallas has a much higher per square foot uh, requirement, or not requirement, but but demand profile. So how do you kind of mm -hmm. determine what, what exactly you're looking for? Or, or I guess how to analyze what you're looking for in a particular market? Yeah, besides availability of square footage uh, per person, um, I look at the market, the, if there's population growth over time, if properties values have been increasing over time, which that's given for the entire country, I guess, this year. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and, you know, different industries uh, in that area, uh, those are the things that I mainly look at. Definitely. That, that, make, that yeah. would make sense. And, you know, it, 
and self storage is definitely an interesting an interesting model too because you know I I don't know from an absorption standpoint how 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 it plays out but there's a lot of it I feel like it's a fractionalized type of market too where there's a lot of mom and pop shops out there that don't really advertise as probably as effectively as they can there's probably a lot of there's there's also you know I remember looking at a self storage deal a while back it was a small one here locally and they were still collecting paper money like you know they this, this there was a gentleman who would pay you know i think it was like 80 dollars a month and he would just slip an envelope underneath the the door every month and it was just like how are you still accepting you know the, this this way this way of doing business but it, it very much is still a business that that operates in that in that function and i think it's starting to transition more and more as as it's becoming a lot more institutionalized but there's still a lot of opportunity out there in that in that property type because of the fact that it's, it is still fractionalized. So um, yeah. it's very, very interesting to hear you say that. You're talking about uh, like analyzing properties and uh, kind of growing your portfolio. And speaking of scaling your business, uh, what are some of the struggles that you faced or and overcame uh, scaling your business? Well, you know, at some point it starts to run out of money. And so yeah. you got to do some syndications. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I'm about that's... ready to get started on some syndications. Um, oh, that's great. And that was by design. I wanted to, you know, show potentially future investors that this is what we have done before. And uh, so, you know, it's not like, hey, I just want to invest in real estate. Give me your money. Uh, so just show some numbers and, and pr- prove that we have good track record. Um, yeah, that's... So that would be the biggest one, I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like you said, I mean, at a certain point, you, you hit a wall as far as your own capital is concerned. And I think a lot of people uh, get to that point and they say, okay, well, what is the next step? I can either wait and, you know, try to build up capital reserves, or I can start going to the marketplace and, you know, telling a story because I feel like that's really what's going to compel someone to want to invest with you is, is understanding your story understanding who you are as a person from a character standpoint and integrity standpoint. And then from there, you know, the opportunity will play out. I mean, if you look at, you know, 14 or 15 different deals and they're going to have somewhat similar IRRs for the most part. I mean, there may be some that are outliers, but you know, the, the, the target rate IRR for a lot of these opportunities are, is going to be kind of in line with what the market is at that particular time. But really what you're investing in, who you're investing in is what, what, what is most important. Who's the operator of that, that opportunity and then how are they performing over a consistent period of time? And when things hit, go wrong, because mm-hmm. inevitably things go wrong. So you really have to have faith in the character and the integrity of the individual that you're going to be investing with to determine, okay, is this going to be a good opportunity for me or not? So, Absolutely. Yeah. agree. Definitely. So one okay. thing I really wanted to touch on, which I think is great, what you've been doing for, for a while now is, is, is your brand building efforts. And you've, and you've focused prim- primarily on the podcast format. So for those of you guys that don't know, uh, she, uh, Stephanie has had a podcast for quite some time. I've listened to several of her episodes. I would highly encourage you guys to check out the podcast. It really, she really does provide awesome insights. I remember one that p- podcast episode that I listened to recently was with, uh, you were, you were talking to a gentleman who was, uh, going to buy a triple net investment property and you were trying to give him, you were trying to give him, you know, feedback as far as whether or not it was worthwhile, a worthwhile pursuit. I I believe he was uh, a nurse and he had some money that he wanted Mm -hmm. to to invest in uh, this particular property, but the cap rate was like a four and a half percent. And, you know, there were, there were some other things you had to consider because of the fact it was a large corporate tenant. 
There may be provisions within the lease that, re that restrict how much rent can be in increased over time. So, you know, there's a lot of things that you need to consider. So all that to say, how has the podcast helped your brand building efforts? Um, uh, so I haven't raised funds yet, so I don't know how, you know, I will do at that point in time, but, mm -hmm. um, I think it's a phenomenal way for, so when a little backstory, I decided to start to really put the first episode when, uh, uh, my ex and I broke up because I'm like, okay, now I need some mentors and how am I going to meet people? Uh, <laughs> and so it was, that was one of the reasons why I started and, um, it has been a great way to meet people. And whenever I have a question, I say, okay, I'm going to interview somebody in the legal uh, department because I have questions or when I have tax questions and obviously I'm not the only one that will have these kind of questions. Um, and so that, that part has been great. And so I build maybe through that and, you know, going to, uh, very niche conferences, uh, within the real estate field, been able to build my network by about 500 people, um, that are on my Excel spreadsheet. And, you know, I tag them by industry or, and also where they live. If I'm in that area, we should catch up and things like that. Um, if they're potential partners tag them that way as well. Um, and so I, I think it's great for, you know, you, you have to start somewhere. And so oh, yeah. mm. <laughs> whatever yeah. format you start, it can be TikTok and podcast, blog, video, YouTube videos or anything like that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And, and I think, I think there's utility in it outside of just the, the reach perspective. I also think from a communication standpoint, being able to explain yourself in a, a cohesive way is, is, is amplified by you being on in, in a podcast setting, or like you said, YouTube, whatever, being able to communicate effectively with a broad audience of people is going to translate in any industry that you're in. And I think, you know, having something like a podcast that you can, you know, document your learning because that's what you're doing a lot of times is you're reaching yeah. out to people. I mean, the fact that we're in, we're sitting together right now and, and, and talking, I mean, I learned a lot from our conversation and, and yeah, had yeah. I not reached out, had I not, you know, yeah. been able to connect with you. And, and I did connect with you because of your podcast. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> a direct reason why I did that. So it's one of those things where, you know, outside of the, the, the network game, which is, I think, immense. I also think that there's some utility from a personal development standpoint from, you know, being able to effectively communicate with others. And I don't know what you, you think, what, what, what about you, Jeff? What do you think about that? I mean, and you can, I think both of you kind of nailed the, on the podcast format, but also on top of that, I'd like to stack on it is not just the connections and the reach and the communication, but the knowledge that you've gained from people and all their experience, because not everyone's written their own book. Not everyone has put the one through a hundred steps it does to do a syndication or, you know, and everybody has their different version and, you know, you have to figure out which one, which one way works for us. And I think, I mean, I commend you on the podcast because how, how long has it been going on now? Um, I didn't two go as far two, I mean, that's amazing um, to have that. And just think about like all that knowledge that you've gained just for the two and a half years of all those episodes. I mean, I'm sure it's like you could go back and think, wow, when I first started where I was until today, I mean, where you're at uh, just from connections and the reach and, and knowledge that you've gained from that. Uh, I think I could commend you again. Uh, I think that's great that you've done that. And I mean, it shows 
you start something and you put it to the test and you worked at it and now look where you're at. I mean, I don't know if you say it's all from the podcast, but from outside looking in, I, I feel like you've, you've grown, you know, partially because of that, in my opinion. But, um, so, yeah. but anyways, speaking of all that and books that you ever read, nobody's done that is to start kind of closing out the, the podcast is uh, we like to ask which one of the most impactful books that you've read. Um, it can be recently or in the past or, and it doesn't necessarily have to be commercial real estate, but just something to uh, that's maybe changed your life or. Oh, I love the Bible. You know, I'm a Christian, um, but yeah. um, I would say the magic of thinking big has been the most impactful uh, in my oh. life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that is, that being that, could you kind of elaborate? What's what are some of the, the the key points within that book that kind of spoke to you? I'm just kind of curious. It's not one that I've read, so I'm interested yeah, to hear maybe. what you have to say. It's really how you know. It's just like all these other books. They all say the same thing in a different way. Um, but it's mm-hmm. basically how you know when you really think about where you want to go and what you want to accomplish. That those are the things you start to see. Because you start to say, okay, I could build a, a relationship with this person instead of, you know, thinking the opposite. Or let's say people are a victim or they hate their jobs. Why not say, okay, this is where I want to get. And then that is where your attention starts to go. And you start to see potential possibilities to get there. That's basically the, the gist of the, the book. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and yeah. it kind of, it kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, I, I read, um, uh, th- there's this book that I, that I read, uh, gosh, I can't remember the, 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 off the top of my head, but, uh, as a man thinketh, it's a great book. And there, there's several other ones that, uh, the man search for meaning, that was it. it that That's probably one that, that was the most impactful for me as far as that mindset piece is concerned, because mm-hmm. the gentleman who wrote the book, you know, he went through, a catastrophic situation. He was in, in a concentration camp in, in Germany at the time. And he had gone through that many years of, of quote unquote suffering, but he was able to find meaning in that suffering and come out of it stronger and more positive than ever. And so it puts it, puts life into perspective and, and shows that, you know, if, if he, they can go through something like that, you know, if you could look, if you look <laughs> yeah. at, you know, you can look at someone who has gone through some horrific things in their life and they're able to come out of it on the other side stronger and, and, and more resilient and more positive than ever, then what excuse do we have to be anything yeah. less than that? So, you know, that, that was something that was really spoke to me and, you know, every person in life is going to have their own role models. They're going to have their own uh, people they look, they look to. And for me, it was my grandparents and I could see pieces of them in that book. And so when Aww. I read that, when I read that book, I was like, Oh, okay. You know, th- this, that I'm on the right track as far as my perspective in life and, and understanding that, you know, we're here for a reason and it's bigger than ourselves. And when things run into you and, and you feel, you know, like you're not making any progress or, you know, you're down on yourself, realize that other people went through worse and they were able to come out on the other side. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Definitely. When you, you speak about anyone's grandparents, I mean, <laughs> a <laughs> hundred years ago where where were they you know mm-hmm. what were they doing yeah they yeah. were struggling to put food on the plate and stuff so that's where yeah, yeah so that's awesome well well but, first off thank you so much stephanie for stopping by i really do appreciate your time on the podcast 
right pretty much to round out the interview what we like to do is we like to ask our speak or our guests really to provide something to what we call the commercial real estate treasure chest it's a repository of resources that we make available to our audience uh, and it could be you know a helpful pdf we've had people contribute ebooks excel sheets etc newsletters etc what are you willing to contribute today um, I haven't built a PDF ebook yet, uh, but I do have a newsletter that goes out about once a week at uh, montecarlorei.com. That's where you subscribe to it. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what I'm, I'm more than happy to share. Awesome. Yeah. And we'll include that. So for the, those of you guys who do log into the commercial real estate treasure chest, it'll be under the episode um, uh, image and it'll, you know, you can access it there and you can sign up for Stephanie's. Uh, newsletter. Uh, I think it'll be a very much worth uh, the, the the time to subscribe. So, Stephanie, I want to say as well, we definitely appreciate you coming on. Thank you for uh, your story and your journey. Uh, I love hearing about that. It was amazing. And I know our listeners and viewers are going to want to learn more about you. Uh, so I want to know, like, how can how can we get in contact with you uh, for them to maybe do possibly do a deal with you or uh, get on your podcast? How would you like them to contact you? Yeah. And thank you so much for having me. This has been really great. I truly enjoyed this. Um, I'm on all social medias. Uh, Maybe LinkedIn might be the easiest or through the website, contact us form. Um, Any way you want to reach out to me, I'll, I'll, I'll respond. Definitely. And we'll, we'll include that in the show notes as well. So if you guys are watching this in a YouTube format, it'll be in in the description below. And if you guys are listening to this in an Apple podcast, Spotify, you know, any type of podcast format, it'll be in this description below. So you guys will be able to reach out to Stephanie and learn more about what she does and maybe even potentially invest with her alongside her in, in her future deals. So, um, well, great. Well, again, Stephanie, really do appreciate your time. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, please like and subscribe to the channel. It helps with the YouTube algorithm. ensures more and more people can hear this message. If you guys are listening to this in an Apple podcast, Spotify, really you name it regarding the the podcast format, please leave us a five-star review. We've seen a significant uptick in our downloads as a result of you guys being engaged with the podcast and leaving a five-star review. So if you don't mind, we'd really appreciate that from, from you guys. And again, thank you all so much for tuning in and we'll see you all next time.